The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Today is March 21st, 2020. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. Mr. Darian Douglas, how are you today? Gregory Aji, I am good, man. Look, man, today is a dream come true, Greg. Can you believe it? A dream come true. You know what? I, I do believe it because you are the only person I know who's living his dream. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, we all live in our dream, man. That's the beautiful thing about it, man. Yes, um, dig this, man. Today, Today's guest is, is uh, probably one of our most special guests. I think this is episode 130. No, 140. Holy shit. I think this is 100. <laughs> I think this is 140 right here. And uh, we have the one and only J.D. Allen today. And I'm, I'm going to name off some names real quick, Greg. And you tell me if you ever heard of these people. And I'm sure our listeners have. Okay. Check this out. Betty Carter. Sh- should I keep going? Lewis Hayes. Frank Foster. Bernard Harper. Dave Douglas. Butch Morris. David Murray. Come on, man. Wallace Rooney. Bruh. Rufus Reed and Jerry Allen, man. You could just stop playing, right? You, you career, just give up. You're done. You play with everybody. <laughs> those, are, those are the cats, man. It's funny you mentioned David Murray. I was listening to Alvin Batiste with the clarinet summit, and I believe David Murray's playing bass clarinet on those records. Hey, you see what I'm saying? This is crazy, man. Okay, before before we get into that, though, I forgot we got to announce that we have our summer camp this summer, June 6th through June 17th, down in New Orleans, the Sanaa Music Workshop, and it's Greg's baby, so... Greg, you can tell them more about what's happening. It's my baby. It's a camp. We have a camp. Um, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, this, this year we're very excited. This is going to be our first year back in person since uh, COVID. And this is going to be our sixth annual Sanaa Music Workshop. Uh, we are extremely excited to be hosting the wonderful Marquise Hill. Hey. And coming down from Chicago to spend a week with our students and uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Marquise Hill is, is an incredibly gifted composer. Uh, he actually won the Thelonious Monk trumpet competition in 2015 or 16 or so. And uh, he's been one of my favorite artists. So I'm, I'm particularly excited because he was my dream artist. And uh, we have him coming down. So if you all know any young people who are interested in pursuing a career in the arts, and uh, developing their music business skills, uh, go check out secondlinearts.org and you can register online and sign up now because we still have some scholarship money available and um, you got to sign up before that runs out. <laughs> yeah, bro. All right. So let's let's get into the show, y'all. So like, like I, I just already gave the introduction. So without further ado, I would like to welcome the one and only J.D. Allen to the Working Artist Project. What up, J.D.? Uh, you there? Hey, I'm here. How you doing, fellas? <laughs> What's good, right. man? What's good? Uh, every, everything is everything, you know, up above, like you gentlemen. You know, thanks for having me here. Looking Absolutely. forward to this uh, conversation. Yeah, I, I was telling Greg how we met actually through Zoom at the Billy Hart thing. They was doing all those Trump things. Oh yeah, over COVID, and I kept. I was like, man, why is JD at all these Trump? What's happening? And. <laughs> <laughs> And no, check it out. Yeah, you you was you was one of the few horn players in there. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I've, I've been a big fan for a long time. Greg has been a big fan for a long time. Oh, so. I, I appreciate that, fellas. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Yeah, you you never know if anybody's listening. So, but when you do hear that some someone is listening, is uh, it, it, it makes me thankful and uh, it encourages me to keep going. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, bro. So what what? What do you? What is your inspiration to keep going? Because <laughs> this is a hard business to to do past twenty. I feel oh like. yeah, it is. <laughs> a lot of wow. people give up. That's what I'm saying. You know, really? Because uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I figured like uh, the only other gig that's probably more happening than this is baseball. You know, you can kind of <laughs> keep some semblance of being youthful. Um, what keeps me going? Um, 
I figured out a long time ago that this was probably the only thing that I was halfway decent at. So, uh, you know, <laughs> this or other options, this this was more appealing. Although I did want to be a boxer at one time and a fireman. <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but it's all pain, 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 joy, joy, joy in some sense. Of, of <laughs> so, yeah, the musician thing. I just keep doing it. You know, I, I, uh, it's, it's, it's a passion. I can't really think of anything else that I would want to do. So uh, that's what it is, good or bad. But this, it's, this is it. it's funny, as you said that, you, you, you said this was the only thing I, was, I really wanted to do. And I remember it like flashed me back to when I used to take uh, lessons with Ellis Marcellus about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I would walk him to his car every evening and we would have the same conversation every week. And it started off with like, so what else are you good at? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, you know. And and I never really got that because they, and you know it always end up with like you know you know this is a, this is a hard life and you need yeah. to be sure that you you love this more than anything else in the world because if you don't yeah. love it more than anything in the world there's literally no reason to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty that pretty much sums it up and uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if it's more than anything else in the world. It was kind of like that uh, in my 20s. But now that uh, I've seen a few more summers and winters, <laughs> you know, uh, I, it's probably third on my list now because, you know, ultimately people are more important mm. than than the art form because I like to think that, uh that art is an, exp- an, an expression of your experiences and you have experiences with people. You know? mm. So I, I feel a lot more comfortable saying that people are first and then music or art is a strong third. You know what I mean? So you got family, then maybe some people will have faith or, 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 you know, I don't know, whatever that second would be, but art is a strong third because it informs. The other two things informs the conversations that you have with what you're playing about or mm. drawing or painting about or whatever your medium is. You know, you dig what I'm saying? So oh, absolutely. when I was in my 20s, like, yeah, this is more important than anything and this is the world. But, but you know, it's, it's a little bit different now for me. You know? mm. I think it's healthier to think like that. Like what, what experiences with people would you say help bring that into focus for you? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the everyday experiences that we all have you know i mean you know yeah I, I mean one time i looked up the different uh uh types of feelings you can have and happiness was all by itself which was really alarming <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them all felt like sad to me uptight anger you know and happiness was all by itself but it's it's different things that we all go through we all we all love we all want to be loved you know uh, unless, you know, you, you have different shades of that. You have narcissists who probably love themselves, you know, but there's a reason for that as a result of not being loved. Mm. That's another topic. But, you know, we go through these things in life uh, as we walk through life trying to make our way to the end of what that's going to be, and hopefully it has some meaning. You know, it's the same experiences that you have. You know, you got family, you know, you uh, perseverance. I mean, we, we can go on and on, you know, just everyday people stuff, you know, just that we're fortunate enough to have a vehicle to, uh, to, to, to express ourselves with that. You know? But that's what I mean by experience. And that's such I'm an not saying you got to do something crazy or live a, a artist's life or anything like that, but just, you know, whatever it is that, that makes you uh, strive to be a, a human in this world that those experiences, you know, relatable experiences. I feel like that's a, a really important point that you made too, because I, I totally identify that too. Like in my 20s and, and a little bit before that, I was music, music, music. That's all that yeah. matters, music. And then I, I kind of saw people as a distraction from music for a minute too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it's just, it's such an important thing to remember that like we can't make this art in a vacuum, you know, we, we need sure. to connect with people on the bandstand. And then we also need to connect with an audience on some level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important point that you bring up too, especially as a, a well-regarded saxophone player who, who, who does play, you know, all types of styles of, of this, this genre. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was wondering if you could dig into, I know, I know you're from Detroit mm. and, um, could you dig into like, maybe like what initially drew you to pursuing this music and, uh, studying the saxophone on a serious level? Um, I, I started out singing, uh, my mom was a vocalist and she, she, she didn't go all the way into that career, but we, she kind of lived vicarious, vicarious through, through me and my sister. So it was a singing situation. And, uh, I picked up the clarinet at nine and I had an aunt, uh, my aunt Monica, who, uh, told me about a music that she called progressive music. Um, and, that was her way of saying jazz, like things that you, you make up. Cause I used to, I couldn't read if I had a good ear. So I would go to my music classes and learn the music by ear. And I would make up these parts along with that. And, and, and my, uh, my teacher had said uh, that, you know, there's a music that's called jazz. I told my aunt about it. She said, oh, yeah, that's progressive music. As I got older, I went to a, a, a very, um, uh, pretty cool fine art school in Detroit called Northwestern Detroit High School. James Carter was a student there. Anita Baker went there. Betty Carter went to Northwestern. Tommy Flanagan. A lot of people went to that school. It was down the street from Motown. And that was probably my first real introduction into learning jazz. And, uh, you know, that was it. You know, I was about 14, 15 years old. I got, I got really into trying to learn how to uh, learn this art form, if that answered your question correctly. My mind veered off to the past for a second. You so great. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Man, dig this. Yeah, let's I, keep swinging nonetheless. You know? I, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so oh, I, I, wanna, I, I wanna know about two people on your list, okay. on that great list that you just presented to us. You know, First of all, I wanna know about Betty Carter because we, are, we hear all of these stories about Betty Carter and I, I kinda wanna know your experience with her and also with Jerry Allen, because, you know, Jerry's gone and I mean, Betty's gone too, but just, just those two people, uh, I, I just want to hear what you, how you experienced them and how you, how they live through you today. Um, wow. Well, Miss Carter, uh, I, I, I got into that situation by accident, it was a happy accident. Uh, there was a, well, there still is. A, there's a, I think, I know Jason Moran runs it now. It was a program called Jazz Ahead. Uh, and a friend of mine uh, applied for it. And he asked me to perform on, a, on his audition demo or tape. It was a tape then. So I wasn't trying for it. So I, 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 I you know, I, I played his tunes that he was submitting to the program. I was actually on my way to, to joining the Army. And I was, I, yeah, I was going to be a sergeant and uh, actually took the first oath, maybe. Yeah. And I, I didn't take the second oath. But anyway, so he got he got called for um, the program Jazzy Head. It was the second Jazzy Head. And she said, OK, tell the saxophone player that I would like him to uh, be a, to join the program. So I I, uh, <laughs> I I didn't go to the second, take the second oath for the army. I just went to New York and. Uh, I was in the program and she asked me to join the band. Um, and I, I think at the time what it was, what we were, at least it was a, it was a trumpet player from Chicago by the name of Pevin Everett. He was, a, he was also in that band along with Eric Rivas, Xavier Davis and a drummer by the name of Will Terrell. So we were kind of like the young band and she was kind of not, it wasn't a commercial, but it was kind of letting people know that she had this program and we were like her specimens on stage. That was the, the gig was the school, and man, it was scary as hell, man. I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, I can't, in, in a beautiful way, you know what I mean? It was like you had, you were learning in real time. Um, it was tough love. Um, it was a chance to uh, to work with the master who had worked with other masters who actually knew Charlie Parker, who knew John Coltrane and all of these all of these great titans and it was it was uh uh my connection to some of my heroes uh that i loved and working with the vocalist first i think it was served to serve you know it was a great advantage because it gave me there were certain demands uh as far as being a, an instrumentalist playing with the vocalist it, it taught me about structure coloring lyrics approaches you know so and she was tough you know and uh 
and I was a hard-headed 20, 20, 21 year old, and that's what I needed. And she gave me a shot, and it brought me to New York, and it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, man. It was like I wouldn't trade that for the world. After that, I had it gave me a lot of confidence to continue. You know, that's what she did for me. Now, Miss Miss Allen, Miss Jerry Allen, was a is a different situation. They both were from Detroit. Uh, there was a great teacher by the name of Marcus Belgrave in Detroit, a trumpet player. Uh, it was kind of like you had to go through Marcus Belgrave in order to leave. And I had done some playing with him while I was in Detroit. And uh, and obviously Jerry Allen, Kenny Garrett, Bob Hurst, a whole host of people had played with him also. So Jerry Allen was a hero to us, the kids that I grew up with playing. I mean, I had a poster of Jerry Allen on my wall. You know, it was like uh, Jerry Allen was just and is, you know, amazing. Uh, getting a chance to work with her, um, she was, you know what, man, I, I used to get, I, the few times that I, I did play in her band, I would listen to her play and get lost because I was just so mesmerized by what she was able to create on that piano. It, it wasn't music, it was magic. And think about it, she was probably the, the second pianist to play with Ornette Coleman. Paul Blade being the first, Jerry Allen being the second. So that tells you a lot right there, you know, who, who she was, you know, and uh, it was such an honor to, to perform with her. And and um, she was a magician, you know, just amazing. I, I wouldn't trade that experience in the world, you know, so it, it was great. Everything that you can think of in all the positive sense of playing with uh, your heroes and masters, that's what it was, you know. That feeling of not being able to cut it, getting the courage to go to work and and deal with that, deal with your, your not being able to do what they wanted, all those feelings and trying to overcome that, toughen me up to uh, hang in there, as you say, you know, you know. So I'm grateful for those experiences. You kind of mentioned you use the word toughen up and and kind of like um you know and, and I feel like Darian and I identify a lot with that that style of teaching because I think that we we still came up maybe at the tail end of the um, tough love era of mm -hmm. education. Um, do you feel like that tough love is like something that's necessary in teaching and passing this music down? Because um, or or because again like I feel like we're like some, I'm a teacher now. And okay. we spent so much time talking about how to like, you know, be respectful to the students and baby them and, and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And I just remember like being scared shitless of my teachers. <laughs> <laughs> but, and so I'm wondering, like, do, do you have an opinion on like, again, like, do you, do you feel like that's the best way to learn? Or do, do you think it was just like a, a result of the era and how these people came up and what are your feelings on that? Uh, well, see, I, I kind of came before the generation of, and, uh, of uh, where you had, where you went to school to learn how to play jazz. It, it, when I came about, it was still like, you had to go get a gig with an, uh, an elder, an apprenticeship on a stage. Now granted, you know, a lot of the places we were playing, and I'm saying from Detroit, you know, the gigs got better in the sense of type of venues I was playing once I started playing in New York. But in the beginning, it was like a lot of bars, you know, bar culture, you know, and there's all types of people in bars, you know, so it's a, it's a different type of language in a bar at late at night with people who do things after 10 o'clock and only God knows what good things happens after 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. <laughs> the 10 is early. I think yeah. musicians know too, man. And God and musicians know what's yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So uh, I'm not saying that it's better, but it's more immediate, you know. Um, and okay, for all intents and purposes, Jelly Roll Morton say he invented jazz. Let's say who? Like, let me ask the question: Who is Jelly Roll Morton? You know, you are you familiar with Jelly? Yeah, you are you from New Orleans, right? Man, New Orleans, like, you, you know, Jelly Roll Morton, who is he? he was, I, I would just assume cat. that playing piano was his last profession. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> what he did on the side. <laughs> okay, cool. So, and, and that's something that we, we need to recognize is like, you know, that was, that was the hip-hop cat before there was hip-hop. I mean, you listen to Murder Blues, the 30-minute Murder Blues. He was saying a lot of stuff that these young cats are saying on, in the mainstream, but with that 
that Spanish tinge in the back, you know. So we're coming from that that thing to evolving all through where jazz is played. So that's how I learned, you know. Now, is it good? Some of it, yes. Some of it wasn't, you know. But I think it was. it's more immediate and it was more of a life or death situation, meaning that if you don't do it, then you get fired, then you don't eat. You know, so it wasn't about getting a good grade. It was about keeping the gig so you can put some food on your table. But that's real. Like, that's that's so real because, again, like th- I think there's a huge disconnect in like the way this this lifestyle is portrayed in a classroom at a high school or college level because it is life and death. You know, like if you don't know the tunes when you show up to a gig, you don't get hired again, get and then fired. You don't you get eat. called back. You know, <laughs> yeah, or like, or you get embarrassed. You know, like in that and Betty Carter. Miss Carter would let you know right there in front of the world, you ain't cutting it, you know. And you know, she used to say, "You either when you're in the fire, when you're in the fire pan, you either cook or burn," you know. So you either gonna cook or you gonna burn, you know. And I wasn't trying to burn. I wasn't trying to go back um, to Detroit. I mean, I had to go back a few times, but I wasn't. I tried my best to to to, to hang in there, you know, and not give up. I wasn't gonna give anybody the satisfaction of defeat. You know, if I was going to get knocked down, I'm getting back up. I was like, I'm the Joe Frazier of jazz. I'm getting up. I'm going to take it on the chin, broken jaw, I'm still getting it in. You know what I mean? So like, that was my mentality, you know? So, uh, but uh, as far as being abusive to students and things like that, I don't think that's cool. Like that movie Whiplash, I don't think you should drive a student to, um, to a mental breakdown. I think everything should be done with love. If you're going to if you're gonna knock something down, pick it up and dust it off and make sure it's all there and in place and then continue on. It should be all positive and, and, and construct, constructive criticism, you know, yeah. but done in a meaning, meaningful way. Not, in the, not like a service industry way, like, okay, make sure this, you know, cause not, not to knock school or anything like, like that, but I, I think school is more of a service industry type thing. You know, you pay yeah. a lot of money and, you know, no, and that's cool too. However, you can get the information, get it. It's up to that individual to do what they're gonna do. So I'm not knocking that. I just learned a different way. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more with the street way because I. I, can't <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, this this is why I'll make this one argument for the way that you learn and the way that I learn music. Um, for instance, if you go to college and you're in a jazz band, they give you a whole semester to learn four songs. And I'm just trying to figure out in what world can you do that? Can you take five months to, to learn four pieces of music for one show? Like, no, you got two days, learn it. Well, learn, I think like, that's better. I mean, I think, I bet you really know those tunes though. You know them, but them the only four tunes most of the students learn. It's not like they're pushing themselves past that. So it's well, like an I expectation. Mean, I mean, know? not, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. No, okay. no. I, I was, I'm just I, saying like, because... Wow, that's great. You, you learn four tunes in how many months? Like a whole semester? No, not me, but I'm just, for instance, if you're in a jazz band, yeah, right, the big band at school, they're going to give you five charts. And they're going to give you the whole semester to learn those five charts. By heart or just on paper? No, on paper. Nobody memorizes it. Like nobody's oh, yeah, pushing well, they should themselves. Memorizing. That. That's one thing. They, they should get rid of all music stands. I don't believe in music stands. I think if you got to use a music stand, the music is too damn long. <laughs> no, I really believe that. I think I oh, think I, I think the music stand is like getting in the way of a lot of things, you know, yep. visually and and and, and it's kind of I'm I'm down with composition, but I I think this is more than composition. I think this is you know it's a mix of the two. And I think it's like in my bands, I, I don't allow music stands. Yeah, you got to know the music, and it can't it shouldn't be something that can't be memorable. You know, it shouldn't be right. it should be something that people can memorize and interpret and it gets better over time then you then you can add the little things you know so that's one thing but to be getting four tunes to learn in a cement i wish i had time like that because then i would have really learned those tunes <laughs> yeah that's but great. i'm just saying it's, it's not really how it works out here as a working musician especially if you a side mm. man you gotta really like you know for instance, like this week, I'm learning two different bands' music. Like that's just mm-hmm. what it is. Plus all the other shit I gotta do. I got a kid. Yeah. That's just that's so just to give the cats at in school a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying like, how do they do it with the cats who are doing brain surgery? I'm sure at some point they gonna they gonna kick up 
the anxiety level. Like you're gonna have to learn a lot of shit in a little bit of time. So you, that's the real life, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to, to not to not to stay too long on that. Um, yeah, it takes. I think it really takes. I mean, some people are tunesmiths. I'm not a tunesmith. Like you know, I, I've learned a, a, a number of tunes over years. You know. But like you can learn a bunch of tunes, but do you really know them? I mean, to really know them is to play them a lot, a lot yeah, of yeah. times. But you, you know, so no, I had cool. four tunes. Shit, I might even do that in my practice now. I might, I might like take a month and just work on four tunes. That's yeah. dope. No, you can do that. I'm just saying, like, yes, absolutely. Like, there but, you just talking shit about school. Let's just no, 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 no. <laughs> no I'm done. No, I, mean, no, no, I, I get it though. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm and, just and, saying. In the real world, you got to learn a lot more music. But it is good, like you're saying, to take those four tunes and really share yeah. them so you internalize. Yeah, get them in all the keys, uh, yeah. find the right temp, learn the lyrics, try to find every version of it possible. Oh, if you had that, I mean, you know, I guess that's what school could afford. I mean, you know, that's cool if you could do that. I, I think the memorization part should should be included in that. You know, and right. that, and then again, there you go. That that's probably why it's important to have working musicians teaching students, because then you can interject that type. Yes. And not to knock anybody who hasn't done that, but there is an, an advantage to someone who uh, who's uh, been a soldier on the field. They could be like, okay, Absolutely. I've encountered this, and this is what will make it better. But the music stand is an issue, I think. I think yeah. it's a big issue, and I think it's I think it's taking I think it's pushing it towards a place as to where classical music had finally ended up, you know, where it was less about uh, interpretation and more about the letter, you know, mm. so that, that, mm. I think that's a dangerous spot. Yeah. yeah. I think that should be all music stands. Yeah, to all music stands. Yeah. <laughs> Off with their heads. Music stands. I love that. Make sure I say that. <laughs> that's funny because, I, you know, I, I grew up, um, Alvin Baptiste, uh, the great clarinet player from down. Yeah, I met him. Woo! Man. Yeah, you know, and he he always uh, he he would always say like, "No music on my bandstand." Yeah. And, um, and and it's funny too, like as we're talking about learning like four or five tunes and things like that. I mean, again, in every situation, there's an upside and a downside for it. And um, I, I something I loved about Mr. Bat is that like he had several songs that. Um, he played throughout his life that were his original compositions, but at every era of his life, the song sounded different. Mm -hmm. and, and based on the musicians he was playing with, the song would have a different feel, a different rhythm, a different bass line, different this, different that. Mm -hmm. And so, I, you know, I, you know, look, I love you, Darren, and I do respect where you're coming from. Because the thing is, is like, it is true. Like, you're going to have to learn more than four tunes at some point mm -hmm. in your life. But there is a certain like beauty to like spending a lot of time with the melody and spending a lot of time with some changes. And, you know, and, and as we go through life too, like the song means something different to us. So maybe, you know, with that experience, we can approach it differently. True. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm all about the study of music. We got to study it and always tell cast music takes time. Agreed. You know? So Agreed. you, you got time. Yeah, you got to get in there. I'm just saying, push your fucking self. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody's different. You know what I mean? Everybody got a different time. To, and I'm not making excuses for anyone. I, I'm with you also. I'm, I'm, I'm there. And that's the part where a band leader, um, the band leaders that I've encountered were, you know, they, 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 they push the supporting artists that were working with them. You know, even if it was something that... Um, you played a lot. Like I, I played with Cindy Blackman for a number of years, and we used to have like six-hour rehearsals. Wow! Uh, and we would work on three tunes. How many ways can we play this tune? That was fun. I learned so much from that. Those rehearsals, man. Okay, let's try it like this. Okay, what can we do to this standard? Let's just play the A of the standard. Like people know the tune, they know what we're playing, but we're just gonna deal with the A, right? And then be like, okay, let's put these chords on these stand, but you played them, JD. You played the melody because that's the melody. That is the tune. We ain't got to go to the bridge. We'll just play that A, those A bars, hmm. you know, or just play the bridge. We would experiment. Okay, let's try it in this key or try this pedal against that. And we would do that for six hours, man. And it was like I learned about how to rehearse a band and uh, uh, how to 
how to interject an idea, just a, an impression of something, but go on to something else. You know, kind of like the Ornette thing where you have a group of changes there and then when you, you have a whole set of different changes, but it is that tune because the theme stated that and people are recognize that or they know it's a standard. So, you know, it's, it's the freedom to uh, working on things for a while. I mean, there's a reason, uh, in my opinion, like for me, like I, I feel like if you want to check out John Coltrane, check out all this stuff, but you notice there's a lot of recordings of him playing impressions, hmm. right? And if you want to check out Mr. Rollins, check out Three Little Words. There's a lot of recordings of him just playing, you know, playing Three Little Words for years. And it's different. And you can hear how he was experimenting with that. And that was his gateway tunes, you know, so finding gateway tunes and hmm. picking tunes that are meant for you to play. That's tough. And that might not be a big bag of tunes. You know, you can know a lot of tunes, but in my opinion, there's a lot, there are certain tunes that are meant for you to play. You know, you have to spend time with that and see what you can, you know, what you can get out of that. So that, that's my take on it. But yeah, pushing yourself, you know, within those parameters, I think is a good thing. Man, just out of curiosity, what, what tunes are, are those for you? Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to get into three little words. I mean, see what, why was, you know, why is Mr. Rollins playing? And like, you know, it's an easy tune, but it's not an easy tune. You know, it, it's a gateway tune that you can open up on. And it's uh, right now is that, you know, I, I have a tendency to, 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 you know, Lester Young played it. And saying, you know, I think there's a tradition of that. And I, I always try to, for some people, it's body. Well, for I mean, when I was growing up, it was like you got to play body and soul, you know, because yeah. Coleman Hawkins that was a gateway tune for tenor, or Giant Steps is a gateway tune for harmonic sophistication. You know, for me right now, it's it's, it's three little words, you know, because I'm I'm checking out some things on that and, and coming to a realization. Even though it's very simple, uh, there, there's something about that tune is just special that 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 I'm hearing at the moment. You know? So that's one of them. So J JD, for, for years, uh, I've been studying people like you, people who have achieved success. And, okay. And, you know, it made their, their dream job come true. Hmm. I'm curious, like, what do you think the ratio is for hard work and luck? Because I think, personally, I think that if, for every person that achieves a high level of success, like yourself and Bill Gates and all these other people. Oh, I wish you was that's, like Bill Gates. That's, that's a little bit of. That, we that, all you know. be cool if it was like Bill Gates. I'm like, <laughs> what? You But but like, what what is that ratio for you? Like, what percentage do you think is success, and what percentage do you think is luck? Or do you? Well, even... first of all, I don't I don't believe in luck. Mm. I, I don't believe in that word. I, I think uh, I try not to use it. Um. And then, you know, your, your success moves as you, you move along, right? Success used, to, success used to be like, I want to play in New York and I want to play at a jazz club. <laughs> so I did that. And then it was like hanging out at the Vanguard at the bottom of the stairs because I couldn't get in listening. And then Miss Gordon said, get away from here. And I told her, one day I'm going to play here. And I, and I thought I would have been in success. And I did it, you know. And then it moved to like, I want to make records. Then I did that. And then it moved to, it, it moves. It should move, you know, if, you, if you're not stagnant. So I don't know. It depends on what is, I think it's a success if you pick up your instrument, just a personal success. And you, you, you continue to work on your craft. Because I've done jobs before and where I wasn't playing. But I think had I stopped practicing, I would have been a failure. Failure is not doing it. So deal with the first success of you just doing your art, not for financial gain, not for fame or anything like that, but for the for the almost like a Jedi for the you know for the art form in itself. Get that success first, and then everything else is like, oh that's cool, but like I'm already doing this right now. I know that's a bit tricky, right? That, I mean, because I, I tell myself, like, okay, what do they got to do with my wallet or what do they got to do with whatever? But no, it's just the success starts with you taking your instrument out that case and you putting in the work 
just for the sake of it, just for the practice. Because practicing is what I'm finding that this is really all about. The plan out live and all that for people is cool. But really the meditation of just practicing your instrument and getting into getting into that and what it does for you as a person, what it opens up for you as a person is the success. And I think if you come from that angle, you whoever would be a lot happier. You know, that's what I think. If you're trying to get paid and be famous, go, go do something else, you know. But if you're doing it for the art form and for a higher purpose, that I think that's the and, and everyone that I did, the Titans, from what I read and from what I met, that's where they were coming from. You know. So that's why that's how I feel about that. I think that's kept me in the game. I need that's like it's like an amen moment for me. Like <laughs> it's so true because I I always I always tell myself too, like as as every day that I get to play saxophone or clarinet, yeah, I have I have won the day. You there know, there you go. And you and you've made a political statement actually. You've made a statement saying that I'm going to be creative. I'm going to have my own mind. I'm going to be free. You know, this is freedom what we do. You know, it's it, it's 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 free. It's controlled freedom. You know, it's informed freedom, and it's anti-capitalism in a sense because mm-hmm. we're not doing it for a financial gain. We we go get a financial gain from putting in the work, but it's it's against. It's anti-non-thinking. So from that angle, yeah, you're a success, and it's not about how great you are. It's about the fact that you you, you did something against the grain against against the norm of how I think uh, governments would like us to think, you know? So I look at it like that also, like I'm sticking one to them. They don't <laughs> want me to think, but I'm practicing like, yeah, take this. I ain't never giving up. I'm never going to stop, you know, because I, I, I want this to grow. And I've met wonderful people, been wonderful places. I never thought I would be, uh, been introduced to so many things that I would not have gotten had I not done this, you know, so that that's a success. You know, intellect is a success, you know, in my opinion. I feel like I'm going to ask you this next question, but I think we've been kind of touching on it. But I just love this quote so much. And and, and it's, um, I'm going to read this here. It's called, it's from uh, Brutal New York. It's the website, but it says, his unique and compelling voice on the instrument is the result of a patient and painstaking confrontation with the fundamentals of the <laughs> art. And, um, and I guess we've kind of been hinting on tradition and, and uh, practice and all that kind of stuff. And I was wondering, like, what what are the fundamentals of this art that we that we practice, and and how how do those funda- fundamentals like transcend the time that we're in? Hmm. Or, or what parts of this music like are non compromise Like, you can't compromise. Like, it's just. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, wow, we're in a we're in a different time. Um, where we have people, and not a knock against them, because I I think you should, I know you should believe and have the right to say and feel any way you want. Um, the fundamentals are the basics of, of of Western music. We cannot deny that you know this is a harmony that comes from a place you know that's put together with a people that gave it a, a specific type of rhythm. You know, to it, and so coming to grips with that, in my opinion, is one thing. Um, having knowledge of the culture in terms of where it comes, American history, I think, is a part of it. Um, there is a tradition of saying that I'm going to do my own thing, but I think that's in everything. Every, every, I think, I think that keeps things going. But the painstaking, I, I didn't write that, you know, so I, I often thought what they meant by that too. Painstaking, like, whoo, I got to practice. I better put in four hours at least <laughs> to get better. Or somebody's telling me to quit, you know, because this is not working and I, and I have to not believe what people tell me I should do, you know. They probably were right, but I have to take that chance and even now I have to take chances, you know, and, and you know, that part, the painstaking uh, thought of failure. And if I do fail, do I continue, you know? And if I continue and it's still going down, do I still continue, you know, or, or does it, so things like that. So maybe that's more of an internal thing, but in terms of the instrument itself, um, developing a relationship with the instrument, 
listening to all types of things, um, being in four dimensions, you know, uh, being in the past, uh, the present, the future, and the fourth is just looking at all these things at once, like, you know, just being everywhere and everything at all times, and, and, and a lover of, of creativity, of, of, of light, you know, not, not, not a death frequency, which I think is what's going on now. You know, so that, for me, that's what that is. I know that's like nebulous, right? I know no, sometimes no, like students come to me and they be like, I want to study, I want to study. And when they get with me, they'll be like, okay, I got these triads. They'll be like, what? That's, I said, yo, get these triads down. Like, I can't teach you how to play, but I can teach you how to practice. You know, yeah. how to play is up to you, but I can teach you how to practice, you know, and that's fundamental things, basic music, harmony type things, you know, so. That's what it is. I hope I answered that question. You know, that that, that is basically what it is for me. No, that's great because I, 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 you know, I, I think as I when, I when I was coming up, my mentor again, Kid Jordan, saxophone Woo! player, from New Orleans. Yeah, all go. he would talk about was the fundamentals. Like, and yeah. when you would hear him practice, like he was just, you know, he was learn, he was practicing his horn. Yeah, and um, I guess, I guess, I don't know if this is accurate to say, but I think a lot of cats now are, you know pushing the boundaries or looking for the new thing or trying to like create, play something that's never been played before. And yeah, so I just, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, but I, I love like the fundamentals just, just seems like I love that word and I love what it means in this music too. And, mm -hmm. and what you said about the triads too, like, like every Sonny Rollins plays triads, Train plays yeah. triads, you play triads. Everybody. I mean, every, yeah, everyone plays them different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can't go wrong with the triads. I mean, they're all money notes. They always sound good. Can't go wrong with that. You know, I mean, um, pushing it, trying to go forward. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember, and not to knock any, anyone who's doing that because I'm sure it's being done, but. Uh, I was I became a lot happier when I realized that uh, I am a part of something, and um, and I am I am a part of a culture, and and if I can be a spoke within the wheel, then that's cool because then it can move on to the next person that's going to do it. You know, it, it's a story. You know, it's not a flash or a, you know or a, joy ride for someone hey i never heard that before you know it's, it's it's a part of a story that's why we have to look back and look forward all at the same time because that's that's the history that we we are that's that's our history in america you know we're, we're confronted with the past we have hopes for the future and we, we we do everything we can uh now to make sure that you know it's, it's all of these things you know so it's cool that young or anyone wants to push it forward, but you know, uh, a tree, a tree that lasts for over a hundred years have deep roots. And if your roots aren't deep, you know, it's, I don't know how far that's going to go, but if you could do it, cool, you know, you know, that's cool. But for me, um, you know, I'm just trying to, I think if, again, back to the emotion aspect of it, if you play about emotions, then it's less about, how far are you pushing it, but more about how you're connecting with mm. the people, you know, that, that yep. you're playing for. That to me, that's more important. You know, that's that's how I feel. Absolutely. What what role would you say, you know, spirituality plays uh in your pursuit on this journey of life and, and creativity? Hmm. Spirituality. Okay. Um yeah, but plays a lot of roles. I mean, um, you need a flashlight if you're going to be in the dark, and you will be in the dark. I don't care what it is that you call that spirituality, Buddha, Allah, whatever you need, you need a flashlight. I learned that a long time ago. And anybody says they don't, I don't, I don't really believe them, even if they don't have these figures in their minds, they have something. If it's intellect, you know, oh, there's nothing. Whatever you need, you're gonna need it. So that role, uh, yeah, that's, that's that's helped me through a lot. Uh, yeah, it, it keeps me going and I wanna keep going. So I got my flashlight. I turn it on every day, every, ch every chance I get, I turn my flashlight on. I don't like walking into dark rooms. 
you know, unless I get in the bed and you can turn the light off, you know. <laughs> I sleep with the curtains open because I like the sun to wake me up, you know what I mean? So I dig light. Ain't nothing wrong with dark, but, you know, uh, this business and in this music, well, I think any creative endeavor or anything that you want to do um, that you can't see, uh, you're going to need a type of light. So whatever that is, I don't know. For, for me, it's what it is for me, for, for but everyone needs, and I think anyone who's succeeded in this had a flashlight, you know? So I'll call spirituality for the sake of making everyone feel included, a flashlight, you know? <laughs> so it's played a big <laughs> role. <laughs> I love that, I love that. Yeah. Gotta see, and I ain't talking about with these, you know, you gotta see, you have to see that thing, you know? So that's what it is. Uh, that's beautiful. That's truly beautiful. Um, do you have any, what's on the horizon for you coming up? Do you have any projects that, um, that you're working on currently or any, um, musical endeavors that you're excited about? Uh, I just finished, uh, uh, I did a, a while back, I did a recording called, uh, Americana and I just did a volume two a month or so ago. So I'm fin finishing up the mixing and mastering of that. And, uh, really, uh, as a result of COVID-19, I've met some really interesting people, uh, some outside of music things. I'm going to do an artist in residence at a wonderful place called The Looking Glass in upstate New York. Um, probably do a little bit of traveling, living a different kind of life, somewhere different, you know, where I don't know the language. I wouldn't mind doing that for a moment. You know, I'm, I'm spreading out, you know. I'm, um, I, I think I've come to grips with being a free spirit finally. I used to be mad at myself for thinking like that, but I accept it now. I am a free spirit, and my friends are free spirits, and we just go where we want to go. <laughs> free. <laughs> Was that like an internal battle that like, you were kind of going through, like uh, dealing with a free spirit? The free spirit, spirit thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, you know. I, told, I always thought something was wrong with me thinking like that, but no, I wasn't wrong. No, that's why I think I, this music chose me, you know? Mm. I'm a free spirit. I love structure, but I, I like to feel like I'm free, you know? So uh, I, I choose to, to, to live like that. And uh, so that's why when people ask me, where do you live? I, now I say, I live here. I live any damn where I want. want <laughs> Ain't gotta be a millionaire to be where I want. I got a horn. Yeah. <laughs> We're musicians. We're artists. We got friends all over the world, right? Mm. We got places where we're loved, and they want us to be there. So that's that's uh, that's another flashlight. So I, you know, COVID nineteen had me all hemmed up. Now I'm like, yo, I want to spread out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still out there, but I don't seem to have gotten it. Knock on whatever. My friend would be like, knock on wood, but I can't find no wood. But you know, I want to spread out. I want. I want to go. So I want to meet other musicians. You know, people I don't know. I want to. I want to be in other communities and uh, take Absolutely. advantage of the fact that, uh, you know, I have a. I have a key that's a saxophone that's, that's going to let me in these doors. I'm going to do it. You know. And I used to think you had to be rich to do that. You ain't got to be rich. You know, you just got to be willing to fly and coach. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's all. I can do that <laughs> for a little bit. All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. I, I, I mean, I actually love that. That resonates with me on, on a high level. <laughs> me too, bro. I'm like, <laughs> I, I know when I met my wife, you know, I told her, I was like, you know, the only thing is I have to always feel free. There you go. Because if I don't feel free, I want to break loose and then I start doing crazy shit. But as there long as go. I feel free. I'm good. I'm good. I ain't going nowhere. Don't let me see the leaf. <laughs> I don't see it. But it's right. it though. <laughs> so you know, I can I, I can do I can do big points. I can I can hit you at A and B, but in the middle, let me let me do my thing. I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> That's kind of how I like to play. You know, okay, I know the changes. You know, it's all about tension and release. I know how to resolve. That's yep. the key. <laughs> Absolutely. When in doubt, play diminish. You know. <laughs> Is that, have I been doing that wrong this whole right. time? I should just be playing them. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> one of them gonna be right. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, ooh, they'd be like, yeah, that was a mistake, but I resolved, so you know, <laughs> was it? <laughs>
All right, man. Dig, dig, dig. We coming up on the end here, man. But before we go, I, I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to tell the people where to link with you, how to find you wherever you are, and hit you on the DMs and buy all your records and T-shirts and hats and everything else you sell. Well, you know, look. Um, yeah, hit me up on Instagram. I, I, I'm simple. I don't, you know, you, you can go on these places where they sell records. That's where I'll be at. Um, I don't believe in uh, advertising for places. I think when you play somewhere... That place should hire a publicist. They should do the work. I'm not in the business of being somebody's publicist. That's not what I do. So if I'm in your town, you're no. You know, so I, I don't I don't I don't give it up for free. You know, so that's my take on it, you know. But if I'm not in your town and you know where I'm at, where I'm at, you know damn well you ain't gonna come there to see me. You're gonna wait for me to come to your town. So I'll see you when I get there. If you're a jazz lover, then you'll know. If not, I don't think I'll be able to convince you. Go listen right. to Marion Wilkins. Maybe he'll convince you. <laughs> maybe you'll like him and maybe like me. I don't know, you know, but uh, nah, I'm, I'm around, man. You know, it's cool. Uh, you can look me up on the internet. You'll, you'll find me. I'm, I'm around. If not, I got a few records out there. You, you'll run into me sooner or later. No worries. <laughs> Love it, man. Thanks for coming to yeah. Working Artist Project, bro. Oh, I really enjoyed this, man. Such a good vibe on here, man. It's just yeah. positive. You know, this is just like we almost should have a beer or a cup of tea. I don't know. I, I had my wine, you know. Oh, I, you had your wine? Damn. Wine. <laughs> your wine? Damn. Come on. Oh, I, I didn't know we were rolling like that. You know? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. I, and I didn't even cuss. Wow, I usually curse. I Zip. felt so natural. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> hey, keep up the great work. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for joining us tonight, man. It's really an honor and a pleasure to to have an hour of your time. Tonight. Oh, it was an honor and a pleasure to rap with y'all, man. Let, let, let's kick it after this in somewhere in the world. I might be down there where y'all at. You never know. I might pop up. Like, there you go. Oh, say, please, let's make the hang. All right, All what right, do I do? Do I, do I leave myself or we got, I got to wait for the theme music? What, what's yeah, happening? Yeah, you got, we got to sign off right now. Here we go. My name is Darian Douglas. And I'm Greg Ajid. We'll see y'all later. And I'm J.D. Allen. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peace, y'all. Y'all take care. Thanks, All right, Jay, Peace man. out. Appreciate Thank you. It. Bye-bye. Later.